watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up the middle. Tucker's got, got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit oh. and in. Bernard's oh. touchdown. The Bills make me want to stop. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, on the ESPN app, all great ways to take in the show, and even 50 degrees here in central New York, it's a gosh darn heat wave, let's go. Break out the bikinis, baby. It's Fitty. Oh, what a Friday show we got lined up for you on those great places to listen to the show. But don't forget that you can watch a radio show. It's magic, friends. It's actually technology, but you can pretend it's magic. QSportsTalk.com is where you do that. You watch the show. You chat throughout the show. Chat, we going to need you today. We're going to need you, chat, because we've got a draft to do. It's Friday. The draft must go on. Remember last Friday, our friend Tommy Hogan, his last day here before departing to big-time us at the New York Post. Kind of a big deal. We did the Tommy Hogan draft, right? Well, it's Super Bowl time, friends. It's Super Bowl weekend, and we've got plenty of Super Bowl to discuss uh, throughout the show. We'll give you the prop bets. The annual Axeman Super Bowl Blitz. And the draft will center around Super Bowl, not just 56, but the Super Bowl itself. Jordan, myself, and you in the QSportsTalk.com chat are going to draft Super Bowl things today. We're just keeping it vague. Super Bowl things. We'll see where that goes. Remember, when we do a draft on this show, we don't just draft. We combine the sports radio tropes, friends. It is drafting a Mount Rushmore. So we, Jordan, myself, and you, the great chatters in the chat. It's QSportsTalk.com. We draft a Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl things. So we're excited about the game. We'll break it all down. I'll tell you straight up, I like the Rams to take down the Bengals in this game. Uh, but will they cover? Oh, intrigue. We will discuss certainly throughout the program. Lacrosse is in the air, friends, as we are going to discuss in a rare double monologue. Oh, it's like Haley's Comet. A rare double monologue today because I got two things burning a hole in my pocket that we want to discuss. But speaking of lacrosse, she will make her debut tonight as Syracuse women's lacrosse head coach, one of the more prominent names in the history of not just Syracuse lacrosse, but just 
lacrosse itself. Kayla Trainer is going to join us. Now, I pre-recorded this conversation yesterday. That'd be cool if Kayla joined us, you know, a couple hours before game time, 6 o'clock, face-off tonight between Syracuse and number 13, Stanford. Uh, but she's got other things to do. So we uh, we had a conversation yesterday. I'm going to play back that conversation for you coming up here in this hour, about 15 minutes from now, as she begins her run as head coach, an absolutely stocked to the gills roster, great expectations. Are they embracing it? Are they leaning into it? Is it the one game at a time thing? The return of Emily Harris, Chuck, and Megan Carney to go along with a Stock roster replacing Asa Goldstock at goalie and you know having you know, some guy named Gary Gate to lean on when you need a little advice, right? Kayla Trainer, new Syracuse women's lacrosse head coach. We'll play back that conversation coming up this hour. Uh, we're ready to go, man. So three big things on our mind. Lax, Super Bowl, and of course, Syracuse and Virginia Tech tomorrow, a six o'clock tip time. A programming note, there will not be a pregame show. Tomorrow, I know, makes you sad. But that's okay. So we got Crunch Hockey leading right into coverage of Syracuse and Virginia Tech. You can hear the game over on TK99 and the watch party post-game festivities uh, throughout the evening as the Orange take on a Virginia Tech team that's got a quad one victory right within its grasp. And while we learned the news yesterday of Jesse Edwards being out, Jim Beheim says... This team's not giving up. These guys know this stuff happens. You gotta treat it almost like the other night when Jesse was in foul trouble and didn't contribute and we won the game. So we just the problem is now we got it every game like that. Jesse's not there. So we're gonna do the best we can and these guys will dig down. They've tried everything they can to to get to this point. You know, we struggled on and off this year, but they really have played well over the last few games. And they never give up. They keep trying. It's a good group. We're very proud of this group. They're doing everything they can to try to win. How does the offense change without Jesse Edwards, I think, is the big thing. Now, long-term, it's one answer. Short-term, it's another. But here's what Jim Beheim said about that on his program last night. When Frank's in there, it's similar. You know, we don't throw the ball to Frank as much, but he'll screen and try to get people open. Barama can do that. And Barama can catch and finish around the basket. We know that. And, you know, so that's a little bit, it's not a big, big adjustment. If we go with the forwards, you know, we play that way in practice. It hurts us defensively, no question about that. But on the offensive end, we can spread things out a little bit more. We'll use those adjustments and see what else we have to do as we go along. So when you have a player, I I like how Jim put that at the end there. You can tell he kind of wasn't sure about what the answer to that was. We'll just kind of figure it out as we go along here. That's great, you know, as Seven games to go here. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. That's always a great plan, right? Like, you know how to get to that restaurant? I don't know. We'll figure it out, right? I don't think that's in the GPS, though, Coach. So we'll, we'll figure that out, per the expression. All right. Here's the thing, though. In an unknown situation, what you're looking for is clarity. Some games are more complex than others. How Syracuse adjusts, what the lineup's going to be in this situation. Folks, this game comes down to the three-point line. Virginia Tech is second in the country shooting the three. They're very good at shooting the three, right, Coach? Best three-point, second-best three-point shooting team in the country. Uh, and they have five guys that can shoot out there. 
Six. They got six, seven. They got yeah. Two guys on the bench and all five starters. Well, last I checked, Syracuse has some people that can shoot the three. They're not as highly ranked as Virginia Tech is at the three, but if you got Gerard going off and Buddy going off and Cole going off, all three of which in some way, shape, or form have been doing that, particularly Cole Swider as of late, if you can add in a couple of threes from Jimmy Bayheim. You can keep up with a team that went 13 of 27 from three-point range and six different players knocked down at least two threes in their last matchup. Now, that was against Pittsburgh, and who am I to poo-poo Pittsburgh because Pitt beat Syracuse once this year as we go back and remember that game where Syracuse only scored 53 points. So that's a contrast of styles. Virginia Tech is not going to bring... A contrast of styles. Folks, this is as simple as it gets. This game is won at the three-point line. Whoever shoots more threes wins. Typically, that's the case. But you've got two offensive-minded teams, two teams that have won four straight games, two teams that both shoot well from the three and have issues in the paint. Now, Syracuse has a new issue in the paint and that they don't know where that production is going to come from. As Jim said there at uh, the clip we played a moment ago, We'll just have to kind of figure that out. They can't run the offense through Frank. When they go to the smaller lineup, if you get some paint points out of that, great. But this is going to be won and lost in the perimeter. If anything, Frank, Barama, Benny, Jimmy, what you get out of that is a bonus paint-wise, right? Now, Jimmy's been a consistent scorer. Those other guys kind of have to figure it out. It's not something you want to do in this game. But Virginia Tech not like Boston College, not like a Pittsburgh. They shoot a lot of threes. And you look, and Syracuse and Virginia Tech, are. don't look at the records. You can't look at the records. I mean, as Bill Parcells once said, a guy that coached in a couple Super Bowls, uh, you are what your record says you are. That's kind of a lie when it comes to Syracuse and Virginia Tech right now. Virginia Tech's playing its best basketball of the year right now, and you can arguably say the same about Syracuse. But Virginia Tech doesn't have to make what is considered a major adjustment. But if you're going to have a little clarity in a game where you're trying to figure out what your team looks like without Jesse Edwards, this is the kind of game you want because it's going to be won and lost at the three-point line. I think that defines Syracuse in a lot of ways, frankly, going forward. But, we, look, they have Keve Aluma. Justin Mutz is seventh in the league in rebounding. But it's not like Virginia Tech's got some big man looming in the middle that like a, a Williams at, at Duke or a, a Baycott at North Carolina or a player like that. Aluma's going to get his points. He's just one of those guys. He's one of the top ten scorers in the league. You just got to match wits with him. So it's as simple as that. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, wouldn't be the first time. We'll talk about it Monday. Oh, Valentine's Day is Monday. Isn't that lovely? Other thing in the monologue today is lacrosse is in the air, my friends. The great sport is back. Game tonight, Syracuse and Stanford on the women's side. That's a 6 o'clock face-off. So when you get done listening to the show and watching us on QSportsTalk.com, you can watch the game or, better yet, go to the game at the Dome tonight. And to come out of the shoot with the 13th-ranked team in the country, I like, and you're going to hear Kayla Trainer talk about this in a few minutes, so I won't spend too much time on it. But, look, the hottest fire makes the strongest deal. You're already in a league where all six teams in the ACC are ranked in the top 11 in the country if Syracuse is going to win the national championship and make no mistake about it on the women's side, a national championship game appearance is the standard. They got there last year. The roster is just as loaded, 
if not more in some ways than last year, with one notable exception, a goaltender, and they just have to answer that question. But this team has so much talent and a lot of good defenders that it can overcome the goalie issue that they have. It's just that Charlotte North is back at Boston College and Jamie Ortega is back at North Carolina, and the women's game is stocked with really good teams, and pretty much all of them are on the Syracuse schedule. But you're that team, too. You're in that conversation. When other teams come to Syracuse on their schedule, that's how you talk about them. This team, I I can't remember a more talented top-to-bottom team. And now you got Kayla Trainer running the show. She comes in hitting the ground running. Gary Gate, it's a different situation to me. Now, Owen Siebold, I like this attitude. I like this approach. I like that they're already sensing, oh, you don't think we're going to be that good this year. We're kind of taking the approach that we're an underdog, definitely in most of our games this season, and I think that we're liking that, you know. Uh, it, not to say that it takes pressure off of us because we hold ourselves to that high standard as much as we can, but I think just knowing that, you know, it kind of gives us that extra chip on our shoulders. Especially for us fifth-year guys who came back, you know, we see, like, the disrespect and things like that that's kind of been going around. So, you know, yeah, it kind of keeps that chip on our shoulder and keeps us motivated. Nothing motivates athletes like either disrespect or a perceived notion of disrespect. Listen, the schedule works against Syracuse. There's too many adjustments to be made. I think the all-star coaching staff, and, man, it is just bananas when you think about this. The greatest offensive player in the game's history, the greatest defensive player in the game's history, and a Hall of Fame head coach on his own, Dave Patramala on the staff. T.D. Erland is on the staff. He is arguably the greatest face-off specialist in the history of the game. He's a volunteer assistant. Pat March is one of the most reputable offensive minds in the game. But you have to have the talent to do exactly what those coaches want you to do. I think halfway through the season, you're going to really see this thing kick into gear. They're going to figure out who their goalie is, and I think both goalies are going to play. Bobby Gavin and Harrison Thompson are going to play significant minutes, particularly in this Holy Cross game. You've got a real live game to determine who your goalie is. But see, the problem is next week you play Maryland, and the week after that you play Virginia, and the week after that you play Army. Dave Patramala said it on the show yesterday. We're going to know who we are after those games. And what you're going to see is a team that's 1-3 and three after those games. Did I do my math right there? You're going to see a one-win team after those games. Eventually, it will click in, and you're going to see this team start to come around and bring the vision that Gary Gate has to fruition. I love that he's going to let them be creative. They're focusing on the details. and You're going to get back to what Syracuse lacrosse should be. They just don't have the talent to do that. They've got a lot of talented players, don't get me wrong. When you've got Tucker Dordovic on the field all the time at attack, Siebold, who we just mentioned there, losing Owen Hiltz will hurt, but Griffin Cook, I think, can step in. He's had a great preseason from everything I've seen and heard. But you just don't have the top-to-bottom talent. And the big issue with this team, as much as you want to focus on creativity and offense and Goal scoring, it's defense. And as Brett Kennedy notes here, they've got a defense to fix, a defense that gave up 18 goals five or more times last season, including in the NCAA tournament. So obviously last year was last year, sort of turned the page over. You know, obviously we know what went bad, but uh, fresh start, right? New year, we had a whole fall ball and winter season coming into the spring. Um, our whole defense is back healthy. And, you know, we're working on some rotations, but it's sort of nice to have that, Everyone's getting on the same page. You know, we're working with Coach Petromala's new system. And, you know, expectations are high. You know, we set some 
set some high standards for us and some goals that we were going to work out to achieve. So definitely, you know, I mean, it's obvious last year wasn't our best year on defense, but sort of that's in the review now, and we're excited to show how we improved in the last year. I think your hot pockets are ready, Brett. Ding. Dave Petromala has to be the one that makes the most immediate impact on this team, and he discussed it a little bit with us yesterday. If you missed that chat, it's up at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault, and I think he will. It's just not going to be right away. When you're trying to figure out who your goalie is, you're trying to reestablish a system, and as Dave Petromala told us yesterday, adjusting to the talent that they have, he can't say this, I can. You don't have the talent. It's going to take a season for this to really kick in. This team will barely make the tournament, and I think they will because they can make up some ground on the other end. Could they be a team that makes the tournament without an ACC win? I think they'll win one of those ACC games, but they're all tough. But you're at the bottom of the list working your way back up. So you've got the infrastructure in place. You made the changes necessary. That's an all-star coaching staff that I look at, and I'm like, I cannot believe all these people are on the same staff, but they're not playing. They're coaching, and they don't have all the pieces they need to work with yet. You know who does? Kayla Trainer does. So let's break. When we return, we will chat with the new Syracuse women's lacrosse head coach. They play Stanford tonight, 6 o'clock faceoff at the Dome. Super Bowl props, Super Bowl preview, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, the the Mount Rushmore draft today, Super Bowl things. We got a big Friday show lined up for you. You stay right there. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. We are ready to rock and roll here. It is the Super Bowl draft. It's not just the Super Bowl draft, friends. It is the Mount Rushmore Super Bowl draft. We don't mess around when we do the draft on this show. We we combine the sports radio tropes. We don't just do a draft. We draft the Mount Rushmore. And today, we're going to let our friends in the Q... Not, they always play along anyway, but we're going to keep an eye on the QSportsTalk.com draft. So if you're watching on QSportsTalk.com, play along. Draft your own Mount Rushmore. Throw out your ideas and your suggestions. And the theme today, Super Bowl stuff. I kept it vague, so Jordan is in studio. He is going to join me for the draft here. So we'll each draft a Mount Rushmore. We'll go back and forth on this, but... I kept it vague, and when that happens, interesting things tend to happen as a result. So we didn't determine who gets the first pick. We might just have to do the old coin flip here, and I don't have a coin, right? Look at the rim. You just bent the rim here. So I missed my shot. I you think missed that means, your shot? I think that means you go first. Okay, go fix the rim. I can't reach All right. it. Well, you can go over there. You might have to. Jordan is currently fixing the rim. So if I make the shot from my chair here, I get the first pick. Here we go. Way off. Not even close. Not even close. Can't handle the pressure. So, Jordan, you have the honor of the first pick. I will pick afterwards. We will both pick a Mount Rushmore, and then we'll check in on the draft or on the uh, chat at QSportsTalk.com, see what you guys have in there. So... Here we go. The Super Bowl 
Mount Rushmore draft. Super Bowl things with the first pick. I turn it over to you, Jordan. I've got to box you out with the first pick. Okay. I'm going to go pretty much with food, but more specifically, eating finger foods for five hours straight. You took the Super Bowl snacks. I had to. Okay. That's on my board. That's not my That's not my top pick, though. So you took the snacks. Can we negotiate later for my buffalo chicken wing dip? Yeah, I'll negotiate to have some. Okay. Don't double dip in them. My first pick, second overall pick of the Mount Rushmore Super Bowl draft. Ah, a lot of possibilities. But you know what I'm going to take? Licensing. Super Bowl licensing. Here's what I mean by this. You ever notice around this time of the year, some people can't say Super Bowl? They call it the big game. They call it the football game. Because if you use Super Bowl without permission, the NFL comes at you with the men in the black helicopters. So I draft the licensing of the term Super Bowl. And if you use my term without permission, I'm coming at you. I'm taking you out. You say big game, buddy. You don't say Super Bowl. And think of all the possibilities, all the things that I could put my official license Super Bowl term on. So you want to put Super Bowl on something? you got to come through me. That's what I'm taking first. You say Super Bowl three times consecutively, Roger Goodell appears in the mirror. This is true. I've seen it happen. For my second pick, and I'm realizing more and more that I'm becoming a crotchety old man, (laughs) I am going to take the commercials, but more specifically turning to my friends every year and saying, is it just me or have the commercials gotten worse this year? Because they start to stink more and more every year. That is you getting older. That is 100% you getting older. Although what I've seen a lot of this year is a lot of nostalgia plays. A lot of, you know, like going after my generation with older actors that you recognize and everything. And certainly the halftime show fits that category, right? I, that the fact that Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blige and some of these musical acts are like considered older, like you want to feel older. Snoop is like old. Snoop's like old now, bro. <laughs> he just bought right? Death Row Records. That's I old. saw Gin and Juice pop up the other day. Nineteen ninety four. Like man, I was rolling down the street smoking Endo, sipping my Gin and Juice. In 1994. Anyway, I'm rambling. I, I back over to you, sir. Oh no, you you picked the. the it's my pick because you're you, a little too laid so you're, back you're over there. Laid back with my mind and my money and my money and my mind. So you picked the the. Did you pick the commercials or did you pick the actual? The commercials are getting worse. Turn like be specific what you pick. Because if you take commercials, that's a big swipe off the board. Right there. Just to see what type of integrity you have, Brent, I will take complaining about the commercials. Okay. And we'll see okay. what you want to do here. Complaining about Super Bowl commercials. Okay. Uh, with my second pick and the fourth overall pick in the draft, I, as a... Now, we're here on QSportsTalk.com, and, and things evolve, and the world changes. But you know what doesn't change? Super Bowl time, Jordan. 
Radio Row. Good old Radio Row and everybody doing all kinds of interviews at Radio Row. Brought to you by Fill in the Blank, sponsor that most of us have never heard of. And oh, why is Joe Montana talking to some random radio station? That's why, folks. Radio Row. A week full of really bad interviews with old football players. And I don't know why this happened, but it happened every year. And Chris Russo invented it, as he will remind you. As a hardened radio man who's never been on Radio Row, by the way. I wish to do it one one of these years, you know, when the Bills actually get back to the Super Bowl. I will select Radio Row. There you go. Back over to you. Once again, I will pick something, but then specify more about it and then make you have to decide whether you want to keep picking it. Okay. I love the halftime shows, Mm -hmm. but what I like more than the halftime shows is going on social media and watching people hyper-analyze them. So I'm going to say critiquing the halftime show. Okay. It's never good, but... Left Shark was elected. When in the history of Twitter has... Everyone been in agreement about a half. Left Shark. Remember Katy Perry? Left Shark? Yeah, but that was... Everyone loved Left Everyone Shark. Everyone loved Left Shark because he didn't do his job. When's the last time everybody was like, oh my God, that concert kicked ass. Never happened during social media. All right, so you specifically said critiquing the halftime show. Something you would do at what? A Super Bowl party, perhaps. I know we're in the COVID era. Thankfully, it seems we're coming out of it some way, but I am going to draft the Super Bowl party and all elements of the Super Bowl party. The people at the Super Bowl party that aren't football fans. The food. The drinks. Everything about your Super Bowl party. Now, This is an ironic pick for me because, as I've stated many times, I'm not going to your Super Bowl party, (laughs) but I would like you to invite me to your Super Bowl party. I just want the concept of owning the Super Bowl party, and now I have it. There you have it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So everyone will be shocked I'm not picking gambling, but it's because I'm a degenerate who can gamble on anything. My final pick is avoiding whatever garbage TV show debuts after the Super Bowl (laughs) at all costs. Some people are like, oh, I just leave it on. No, no, no. We're not doing that. The Equalizer is what you're telling me? Is that what's coming up this year? I don't know. No, it's on NBC. Last year was The Equalizer. I think 24. And I was just fascinated. Like, wow, Queen Latifah's like like a vigilante now? Like, what is happening? I don't know what the big NBC show is this year. What is the post-Super Bowl show? I don't know. I'm I got, you know it. the one show, though? I believe This Is Us was a post-Super Bowl show, and that was a banger. Wasn't 24 one of them? Yes. Yes. That's probably the best one ever. If you really think about it. Underrated uh, category. All right, so I'm debating here with my final pick what I'm going to take. Because you did not take commercials. You took complaining about the commercials, which people seem more apt to do than actually enjoy the big budgets and stars and thought that go into these commercials. I took parties. I did take snacks. Your, your parties are going to be real hangry. Pre-game shows on, on, on the board, the 90-hour-long 
Super Bowl pregame show. You took the snacks Who off the equation. The but you know what? You left off squares. I am stunned. You did not move in on the gambling. Super Bowl squares. Let's go. I got them. They're mine. I hate them. There was kind of a theme to this draft. I was very greedy. I want the licensing. I want everything at your party. I want the Super Bowl squares. You want the entire radio row and everybody radio there. Radio row and everybody. It's all mine. And I just want to complain, avoid things, and eat. All right, chat. What did we miss? QSportsTalk.com, chat. Let's go through it here. Super Bowl. Uh, Q Squirrel uh, agrees with me, by the way. Super Bowl squares. I have four in our office pool, and I still hate Super Bowl squares. But you can't offer me gambling and then have you gotta do Super Bowl squares. You do. You You have to. I haven't even done mine yet. Get in the office pool. We still have time. We still have time. I think so. Okay. I'll make time. All the good ones are probably gone by now. Or is we have not done the? Have we not done the dispersal of the squares? I doubt it. But even then, if it's randomized, is it randomized? Because it used to be like you just. There's a big board of squares, and I like, give me that one. No, that's that's that's, that's how it used to work. That, back back in my day. Or did we leave any big Super Bowl things out? The game, the actual football game itself, the really awkward trophy presentation every year at the end of the game. What the Roman numerals? Like the design? Do people like that? Good one. That's a good one. Well, they all stink now. They're all the same now. Can I draft the Roman numerals, retire the Roman numerals, and just go with the freaking number because nobody knows what the Roman numerals mean? Bonus pick. I think we covered a lot of it there, but I'm sure we missed something. Hop in the QSportsTalk.com chat and tell us. We'll wrap it up next. Stay right there.